for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 51 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Episode 51. 51. Across the, the 50 mark. <clears throat> How's it feel to be podcasting for a year now? Feels good, man. Did it not seem like a year went by really quick once we started doing this? It flashed by, but like, it's because we're passionate about it. it. Made, we enjoy doing it. It made Star Wars like... So we started last May, and it seemed like we started, and then all of a sudden we were seeing The Force Awakens. Yeah, we kind of started at the perfect time. Yeah. We got our podcasting legs under us, Mm -hmm. and then we hit the ground running with The Force Awakens. And now, like, we're almost halfway to Rogue One already. That's true. I can't wait, man. I can't wait either. That's awesome. It's going to be great. So before we get into the business this week, let me give you guys the business here's the business of getting the business and business is good business is good i'm in the business of giving you guys the business he is and like we said business is good it's booming so uh if you want to follow us on facebook you can do so at facebook.com slash blue harvest podcast you can follow us on twitter at blue harvest pod and you can email us at blue harvest podcast at gmail.com if you want to get at me on Twitter, I'm at WillWitten3. There's the business. Of the business. Now let's get into the... the Wasn't it good? The other business. So, um, I think this episode is just going to be called Business. <laughs> just because of how many times we said fucking business. We'll squeeze it in. It'll be the word of the day. We'll business. see how, how many we can get by the end. Okay, I like that idea. So, last week we had Evan on, and uh, we were both really excited. We just jumped into talking to Evan, and uh, we got some good feedback about that show. People seem to really like Evan. Evan was a really great guest. Oh, I agree. Um, you know, I don't think we've had a bad guest. We haven't. You know? And you never know, like, especially with your friends, like, eh, are they going to clam up and, and, and not really want to talk? But everybody's been really good. I, I think there's, there's some chemistry between all of our friends and when they sit here with us in person. And, like, yeah, sometimes all of the you can tell. Yeah, it fades. takes a second, like, as, you know, to... To not be so nervous. But. It becomes more of a conversation between people that's yeah. simply recorded. But uh, this week it's just me and Will. Back to basics. 
Me and you. Back again. You and me. I don't know where I'm going with that, man. Doesn't matter. I'm having a... There's some fogginess in my brain right now, Is buddy. Is there really? <laughs> I'm just, it's been a long week and... uh. <clears throat> feeling a little loosey-goosey right now yeah it's good to be podcasting it is it is so uh we didn't get to talk about it last week because evan was on we were way excited but uh you were you were missing the week before because you were out of town for your dad's wedding how'd that go i was in baltimore for my dad's wedding uh it was fantastic it's one of the best weddings i've ever seen in my life uh i actually ran the event i was not ran it but i was the day of coordinator so i coordinated with the caterer and you know the rabbi. You were the general, Jan Dodana. So it was a Jewish wedding. It was a combination Jewish oh. Christian wedding. My dad's Christian and Michael is Jewish, and it was a combination. Michael's rabbi was there, and my dad's pastor. Uh, that's uh, our pastor in Madison, Alabama, at Grace Presbyterian. <gasps> Flew Church. up for the wedding. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So okay, I'm not trying to sound sound stereotypical. I I know I've seen this in movies like. Did Michael get lifted up on chairs? Or did uh, your dad and Michael? They didn't do the chair okay. thing. Did they step on the glass? They did step on the glass. What's I that all about? I was a hopa holder. I held the hopa up, which what? is uh, like the big, it's like a quilt made by someone in the family to represent the love of the marriage, you know, the bonding of that relationship. And, and you hold it over them while they get married, and then you give it to them, and they hang it up in, in the residence for, like, good luck. Ah. So what type of glass is it that they step on? You just pick something out, you know. Any, any. It could be any oh. glass, but like, know. so if Jesse and I decided to have a Jewish wedding, which obviously that's not going to happen, but I could just pick out a fucking Star Wars commemorative Burger King glass. Yep. And step on that bitch yep. and be like, I'm married. You would. Like, I would recommend one that's not like you know thick based, you right. know, highball glass or something like something. That's it's not thin. like I'd feel it if it stabbed me in my foot anyway. No. Make sure you're like, wearing metal boots or something. <laughs> metal boots. I'm gonna step on a goblet. Like a thick carnival glass goblet. Mazel tov. So that's cool. So um, your dad got married in a castle. Yeah, right? but well, it's, it's called the Cloisters, and it's this kind of like manor-esque kind of thing. But it looks like a castle. I mean, you're looking at the back of it, and it's got a winding staircase and a tower. Like, it's all stone. It's got a thousand rooms. Like it's not guarded a, I, by a dragon. It's probably got like ten rooms. Right. It was creepy at night. I had to go back in there and look for keys in the dark after all the lights had been turned off. Oh, and really? like, I'm not a guy that's like scared of the dark or anything, but I'm I'm walking around right in this castle with the lights turned off, and it's real my echoey. Only, my only light is the light shining from my iPhone. It is dark in here, oh. and I can hear things move. And I'm assuming that it's the house, like, but you know, those darker parts of your psyche tell you that there's it's something behind you. And I swear to God, the hair on the back of my neck stood uh-huh. up, like. And you know I, what that was? I, I I mean I I put some put some to it getting out of there. Not like I <laughs> not like I sauntered out or like shuffled out nonchalantly. I was like, oh, let's get out of here. So it's much I nicer uh, outside. I don't know. I I don't know if I told you this or not, but I actually li- looked up the cloister on Wikipedia to Did do you it. Really? Yeah, it was just because it's so That's cool. cool. Like, and I looked it up, and there is a haunted history. Is there really? Yes. That's creepy that you tell yes, me this, this, and I heard this, that. I uh, know. Listen, so the guy who I don't think it. So, from what I understand, it's not like owned by one person. It's sort of like a now, at least, it's like a, a group. What well, I'm trying to think of, like I'm an sure association, like an events group, or right. an association. But you know, way back, I think it was late 1800s there the the guy 
who lived there, I guess the main owner. I wish I had remembered names and shit, but his family left him, right? His wife, I think two daughters and two sons just left in the middle of the night. Probably not a great dude, right? Probably so he not. killed himself. Oh, no. Yep. Yep. Because the house is like creepy. Like now that you tell me this, like there uh-huh. are rooms that are painted with like, you know, children things like. Oh, a, really? A meadow and a tree. Well, like, like the get this. So, well, okay. So he tried to kill himself and failed the first time and was paralyzed. Oh, no. And then successfully killed himself like a year later. So you know what that means. It was a crippled uh, ghost. Holy shit. I just strung you along like a fucking pro. You were looking me in my eyes. You like, made me feel like <laughs> such a dumbass. <laughs> no. No. You, I can swear to God. I, you had me. I, <laughs> I'm glad you find that funny. Oh, come on. You don't find that just no, a little bit a funny. it's a little bit funny. Come on, my it's man. It's a little bit funny. I was just giving you a little bit of the business. You gave me the business. <laughs> and it was good. <laughs> so, I did, I'm sorry. None of that that I said was true. Sorry. I just, like, the minute you said that stuff about feeling creeped out and, like, something was behind you, I was like, oh, I see an opening. Uh, and you jab, took jab, it. Jab, jab, jab. God damn. But I did Talk the, about the long con. <laughs> that was the long con. That was the fucking I long con. I sawyered your ass. You did. You saw. I'm so stoked about it. My voice cracked. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> sound like a teenage boy. Um, So, uh, seriously. Uh, <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> How was the food? The food was fantastic. There was like a prime rib station and a turkey station with gravy. There was a bar, had a signature drink, beer or wine, and uh, there was... Like, what was the signature drink? It was something green, something with Midori and uh, some vodka and some Sprite, I think. You, you remember know. the signature drink at Amanda and Goose's wedding? blue agave nectar in it. That's what I remember about it. I don't remember what else was in it, but I remember it had blue agave and it nectar had, in it. It was like a... It was jalapeno in some way. It was kind of spicy. Do you remember? It that? was cool. I I don't remember. I remember there being it. a signature drink at my sister and Goose's wedding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a shrimp and grits place. There were two different kinds of salmon. Oh well, do you know? Because why have one type of salmon when you can have two? I mean, if you got two sides, might as well do something different with the other side. That's cool. So, um, how many people would you say was there? Was it like a huge wedding, or was it? It like- was pretty big there's probably a hundred people there 120 people there it's pretty big that's cool yeah. uh, did you get to do anything else cool while you were up in maryland oh dude I went or was it all pretty much <laughs> it was a pretty short trip i can tell you a funny story uh I, this may take a minute and i apologize okay it's off topic is it gonna end with crippled ghost it's not okay just you know you know that ain't my bag <laughs> just trying to f- Test the test the waters a bit before you get into it. No. Uh, so, me and my brother walked down to the Inner Harbor. My brother, my dad bought us suits for the wedding, matching suits, Joseph A. Bank suits, really nice. I tried mine on, went and got it fitted like two weeks before the wedding. You know, John Luke decides the first time to try it on is <laughs> like the day before the wedding. And so, my brother is trying on... The suit the day before the wedding and it, the pants don't fit, but it's a it's a matching suit, right? So in order to exchange the pants, you must exchange the entire suit for a, a, a different suit. 
Oh. Okay, and you better pray that the Joseph A. Bank that we visit has that. Has that. Oh, I'm, now we didn't. So, we didn't go prepared with all that information because I wasn't aware. We went. We walked down to the harbor. Oh, there's the Joseph A. Bank. Went in there. Uh, uh, we bought. I bought some. I needed socks, and John Luke was like, "Oh, they have the suit." And then so we walked back up to the hotel. Each way is probably like three miles, and then up, up and down you know, like a vertical ascent in downtown Baltimore. Right. And uh, so we go up, we get the pants, come down. Uh, They can't just take the pants. They've got to take the suit, walk back up, get the whole suit, walk back down, and then get the whole suit exchanged, walk back up. Uh, He's doing all that shit, and then he he brought his sewing kit so that he could sew and do it himself. Like, he's uh, costume. John Luke is like a, uh, oh, God. A costume, a tailor, like oh, okay. a costume or tailor, like kind of, like he. That's what he does, like that and technical theater, and he's really good at all of it. Uh, so he was going to tailor the suit himself, and he did. Right on. That is a very your brother thing. Realized he needed a belt, like the hour before the wedding, and then oh, no. went around the corner to this place to find a belt. It was the only place in like four blocks that he could find on the internet. Fine Italian leather clothier, like. Paid $125 for a custom fit Italian leather belt just because he needed it. And like, like dad was like, everybody better be in the lobby at two o'clock to get on the limo. And John Luke's like sweating, running, like coming from a block away. Well, this at fancy like ass $120 belt. You know? <laughs> oh man, that and is in his classic John Luke. Dude, he's, he's my brother and I love him, but he's like, he's like, um, I don't know. Like kind of like Mr. Magoo a little bit. He's just sort of stumbles around. It's in more the stuff. like Einstein. Like I got you. He's so brilliant. <laughs> you t- <laughs> Wait, you took it in a completely different direction. He's than so me. brilliant at the things he loves and that he's interested in, and anything that he's not interested in, he's just not worried about. Like not until you know it becomes relevant. I can kind of relate to that, especially when it comes to Star Wars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like uh, especially lately, like. With the new movies and all the new stuff, like it's really hard for me to get in as in invested in other stuff when there's new Star Wars over the horizon and stuff like that. I'm sure, it, it is not exactly the best thing for Jesse or anybody else that's not really into Star Wars because I'm sure it be, can be a bit much sometimes. She's just trying to go to the store to pick up a couple of things. I'm like, hey, make sure to check the Star Wars stuff. Hey, make sure to look for black figures, please. <clears throat> so. That's pretty cool, man. Sounds yeah. like it was a good time. It was a great time. I hung out. I got to spend more time with my brother than I have in a long time. Yeah, and it was really good because I haven't I haven't gotten to spend any quality time with my brother in a really long time, and it was nice to just hang out with him and hang out with my dad and Michael. So, how nice was this fucking belt John Luke got? It, it was simple, but it was nice leather. I mean, I I'm talking about quality leather, right? And like, like measured to fit him to the centimeter, like you know, custom. I don't know. Man. They didn't have different sized belts. Like, there's a place that had, like, you go in there, they 45 inch strips of leather, and, and they, you, they, they'll cut it down to your size. And pop some holes in it and shit. Yeah. I gotcha. Put well, some etching cool. in it. At least he figured it out. He did. He figured it out, and he was there on time. I got to give him credit. Like, <laughs> Just by the he came up sweaty and running in his dress clothes, but what God, did your da- God what love your, him. He was there on time. What was your dad's? reaction he would just sighed and was like you know at, at least he's here you know same thing like he's here he's here and he's dressed like he's on time well uh do you want to maybe get into 
some email before yeah, we get into news. Take this it week? back to the Blue Harvest. I don't know, man. I wanted to catch up about that. I mean, I know we talked about it, but I wanted to do it on the show and yeah. hear some more details. And damn, if it didn't set me up for a sweet crippled ghost. Kick me right in the crippled ghost balls. <laughs> I sure did. Whoo. That's going to get a reaction. That'll, yeah. Twitter will blow up when you're, someone's listening to you're this. You're going to get at least one. Oh, come on, dude. How did you fall for that? Yeah. No, it's because you're my best friend. That's why. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, oh really? Like, no shit. I be- I just believe the fuck out of you. Come on, man. You're making me feel bad. That's low. I guess it's not cripple ghost low, but so first up, we got an email from our buddy Joe. A little uh, side story about Joe. You weren't here when he wrote in about that movie Sucker Punch, were you? I listened to that podcast. Okay. On the flight. So Joe sent me a copy of, of Sucker Punch. Right. The extended, the director's cut. That's where like the chick's in like a dream world or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to let you borrow it and, and you can tell me what you know, Because you know, I consume all kind of random cinema. Mm-hmm. Like I watch mm-hmm. all kind of weird shit. Like, mm-hmm. And I really, you know, I like some weird stuff. Like some French foreign films and some like I'll say this about African Sucker Punch. Films. I did not like it pretty much at all. Uh, the first time I saw it, and then watching it the second time, I liked it a bit better. I still think it would have made a better video game than a movie. It feels like literally a video game where... Probably would have made a better anime than a movie. I, I could see that, too. Just um, the the from what I know of the premise and the... Uh, you know what I'm starting to figure out is I'm just not a huge Zack Snyder fan. Right. You know, um, 300... To me, was probably him at his peak. Yeah, and that was like his first big movie. Three hundred was and good. Then he did Watchmen, which is good, but it's it's good, but it's not a movie I find myself going back to. No, even though I own it, I, I watch, watch it, it. I watch it anytime it's on cable. Yeah, I I don't even do that. I hate watching movies on cable because of censoring and commercials and stuff. Yeah, kind of a fucking elitist about that. But um, I have it on Blu-ray, and I'll watch it. Once every couple of years. It is good. It's not. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not. It's just not a movie. But it's an investment of time. Like, it's an epic. Well, you know, that even doesn't bother me so much. It is long. It is fucking long. Story-wise. there is a lot of long blue dick in it. It's an epic. Like, it's this weaving tale of, you know, all these different threads winding in one culmination. Yeah. Yeah. Um but then after that, not been a big fan of too much he's done since then. Right. Sucker Punch, Man of Steel, you know. Um, I liked Man of Steel. I liked it okay, but it's just emo Superman doesn't do it for me, man. Yeah. You know? I still haven't seen Batman versus Superman. I need to see that. Um, I need to see Civil War, too. But what I was saying about, yeah, I need to see that for sure. Maybe we should try to hook that up sometime in the next couple of days hell yeah gotta see some spider-man <clears throat> anyway um but what i was saying is like it, it feels like it would have been a better video game because literally there's different levels in the like they go into different realities or different dream sequences and each one is like a different fucked up video game level like there's a <laughs> zombie level there's a medieval level there's like a cyberpunk level question what takes them to the dream state in the first place <laughs> It's this is this is what I think is silly. The main girl dances and she transports to this 
she does a magic dance that transports I, her to a dreamland. I want you to watch it just okay. because I don't want to give too much away because there is this neat sort of weird meta story going on. It's a story within a story within a story. It's got sort of um, they're no way comparable, but it's got sort of a what was sounds that? like a cross between Inception and Inception and Scott Pilgrim. It's like Inception meets a Final Fantasy game. Interesting with you know mostly Americans, um, but. I'll say this. Part of the reason I probably liked it better is Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron is in that looking way different than he does in The Force Awakens. Hmm. He has got a crazy molester mustache going on in this. Interesting. And he's a pretty major. He's basically the villain. Wow. So uh, I'll I'll lend it to you. When you leave, don't let me forget. I'll give it to you to watch. Yeah, yeah I'll watch it. And we'll, we'll talk about it. It's the least we can do. Joe sent us the movie to watch. Well, damn. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, but... Totally unnecessary, but appreciated. Unfortunately, Joe, you didn't quite win me over with it, but it was better than I. From what I know, there's a samurai sword fight in it at least once, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a like they. It's it's like a video game where each girl has sort of her weapons, superpower weapon. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm not joking. There's a zombie level. There's a there's a medieval level, and there's a fucking cyberpunk like Final Fantasy seven or thirteen type level quote unquote nice as a video game i could probably would have been pretty into it you know what i'm saying as a movie i don't know i don't know but anyway she wakes up from some coma i'll i'm i'm not gonna say anymore i'm not gonna say anymore you gotta watch it all right and then let me know what you think all right so he says hi will and halls It's two days after Mother's Day. I get immediately too angry about Mother's Day, Father's Day, Veterans Day, and other, quote, holiday, unquote, because we shouldn't have to wait for one day to tell our loved ones what they mean to us. As an example, no one is guaranteed to see the next Father's Day. So tell your father today what he means to you. That's a good sentiment, Joe. I like that. Um, This got me thinking about hypothetical Star Wars holidays. My thir- first thought was, how would Anakin celebrate Father's Day? Oof. That's a rough one. <laughs> Anakin would probably choose not to celebrate Father's Day. Yeah, if there's Father's Day in Star Wars, he probably just ignores it. Darth Vader's like, I killed Anakin Skywalker and his kids. On Mother's Day, he definitely goes to Tatooine and kills a bunch of Tuscans. For sure, that's what he does on Mother's Day. That's his favorite tradition. <laughs> The next question that popped into my head is, what fake holidays would exist in the Star Wars universe? The best I could come up with is Lightsaber Day, where Jedi take time to reminisce about the day they acquired the kyber crystal used in their lightsabers. What other fake holidays exist in the Star Wars universe? By the way, for what it's worth, the concept of Lightsaber Day Day is very much tongue-in-cheek. That's the point of my question. Imagine Mace Windu sitting down and being excited about a kyber, kyber crystal, or Yoda, or even Gasp, Kia D. Mundi. Um, <coughs> if I'm just going to be real about it, I'm sure there's a an Independence Day, a Galactic Independence Day that yes. commemorates. Uh, well, we know for a fact there's the opposite. There's Empire Day. We see that in Rebels. There's a day called Empire Day where they celebrate the Empire, the creation of the Empire, and that's the day Ezra's born on. Ezra is a couple of days older than Luke. Hmm. 
because you know Luke and Leia were born a couple of days later or so on that asteroid research facility. Polis Massa. Yeah, I, I never say that because I always think I'm saying it wrong. Um, so we know there's Empire Day. Back in the holiday special, there was Life Day. That was Life like Wookie Christmas, yep. basically. Um, what what other but i'm sure you're right i'm sure there's an independence day for uh for the new republic for the new republic there's gotta be there will be a death day for the old republic uh yeah there will be a you know there will be a holiday commemorating the tragedy that happened in the hosnian system it is indeed the hosnian system first order day or some bullshit like that <coughs> um star killer day Ooh, what are you doing for Star Killer today? Day today? Oh, I don't know. It'll be something grim, though. It'll be like the day the galaxy cried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, other uh, fake holidays. Hmm. I don't know. You would think. Well, I don't know. I'm sure there's a Job of the Hut day on Tatooine. Oh, where Jabba makes people celebrate him? Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be fucking funny. Jabba Day. Jabba just comes out and like people celebrate him and bring him gifts and shit. And I, he just sits there on his dais all fucking fat and greasy. I guarantee the Galactic Independence Day party on Kashyyyk is probably where you want to be. Oh, I bet Wookiees fucking throw down at a party. <laughs> I bet. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, like, you know, you got to figure they're a civilization. They, You're a slave race in the Empire. Like, fuck that. Yeah. You're a proud warrior race. Um, You know, they probably have some kind of Wookiee moonshine that they make. I'm sure they do. You know, some kind Made of detox. pine cone I mean, squeezins. they live on a fucking jungle flat, a forest planet. They're yeah. smoking something. Of course. They're smoking something, and they're drinking some fucking Wookiee moonshine. The Glimmer Wicker. The, uh, I'm sure you are not. As a, I bet you humans can't handle the Wookiee shine. No. Wookiee shine. Wookiee shine will get you fucked up. Dude, let's create a brewery and sell, <laughs> sell Wookiee, Wookiee shine. shine. Man. It'll have to be like uh, more strong than Everclear. We'll have to put warning labels on there. No, drink it, this if you want to go blind. We could we could just make a beer like a like a real dark brown, <laughs> real dark brown, Wookie beer. Rye. No. I don't know nothing about brewing beer. I only know what I've overheard. Oh, in the trendy home brewing beer circles. Oh, well, I've got a vat of three quarter hops sitting on the stove right now. Yeah, that's a, I'm, go I've home. never executed any of that myself. You know what? I, I, I'm sort of hating on it, but I kind of think seems it would cool. be cool. Yeah, like, right. To neat. brew your own yeah. beer, like okay, yeah, that does seem kind of cool. Okay, yes, listening to vinyl. Okay, yeah, that does seem kind of yeah. cool. I'm sorry. Okay, you got me, hipsters. Right, you got me over a barrel on that. But you know why I'm not going to collect vinyl because. That's going to take away from Star Wars collecting. I got to man it. It is quite a a financial investment. It is. It is. Our buddy Nutty has a. Dude, his collection is good. Balling. It's balling. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to cut it off somewhere. How many collections can one man have before he has no fiance? No, man. Manage your collections. Look, I see. Look at you. You're eyeing some of it now. I'm looking at it now. I'm I'm taking in the, the value. Now, you see what's... So, I, I put all my Disney Infinity figures on that shelf right I there. I saw that. You know what sucks about that? What? what? They canceled Disney Infinity this year. Really? Yeah. No more Disney Infinity. Just not that successful? 
I don't know. I, I mean, I, I guess that's why you cancel a project anytime. I'm sure. Okay, a. I'm sure the production chain of those figures, and that's not all. That is just the Star Wars ones they do. They have a huge Marvel line and all kinds of other stuff. Aladdin. That's expensive. It is to produce all that and develop the software and the games and stuff. I'm sure it's not cheap. No, but I had heard that they were doing really successful. Especially once they added Star Wars, so Disney's not going to let you know they're hurting if they're hurting. I think it's they're not going to let you see them bleed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's a bummer because I like the Disney Infinity Star Wars figure so much. Just as well, as, you got the collection. Just I've be, got them all. Be glad you got them now. Yeah, that's that is a, a good point. If they're, you're if you're if lacking Disney, any figures, if Disney Infinity is going to stop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have. Quite yeah, the but I was just looking. Increase in value. I was just looking forward to like maybe some episode eight or Rogue course. One characters yeah. and stuff. It's a bummer, but anyway, thanks for writing in, Joe. Uh, and now we have one from our buddy King Tom. Now, you know, there's been a bit of a storyline. I don't know if our listeners have been paying attention in the last couple of weeks. There's been a little bit of a storyline: King Tom versus Joe, and not in a, a mean or malicious way, but King Tom hates Kia D. Mundy. Joe likes Kia D. Mundy, and they sort of reference each other back and forth. Not not in a mean way, but you know, just a little playful banter about all, about all penis head. Good day to you, sir. Good day to you, sir. <laughs> On God, I say good day. So this is what our buddy King Tom has to say this week. Halls and Will. I know I'm late on this, but congratulations on the big anniversary. Well, I've thank only, you. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I've only been listening for a few months. But listening to Blue Harvest has quickly become a highlight of my work week. Well, thanks, buddy. Oh, dude, that's cool. I appreciate that. I'd like to give out to my give a shout out to my Kia D Mundy loving friend Joe for the kind words. He may have a poor choice in his favorite Jedi, but I loved his comparison of the rise of Sidious to the rise of Hitler. I think he's right. Originally, back in the seventies, George wanted Palpatine's rise to mirror that of Richard Nixon, but that was clearly not the case once the prequels made it to the big screen. It's one of many things that George changed, and I think it's better. Also, near the end of the podcast, you mentioned the poor design of the Revenge of the Sith Vader helmet. I couldn't agree more. The thing is just wrong. The top part of the helmet is too long, and the slide sides flare out too much, and the edge is not curvy, but pointy. Whenever I see the Episode 3 Vader, I want to break something. Finally, a question that I've been thinking forever. With all due respect to Obi-Wan, who do you think is the best star pilot in the galaxy? The obvious candidates have always been Anakin, Luke, and Han, with Poe, and possibly Rey, now contenders too. My money would be on Han, as Anakin and Luke had a lot of help from the Force. Or maybe Han did too, he just didn't know it. Your thoughts, and may the Force be with you, your pal King Tom. I'm always going to say Han's the best. Ooh, did I... I'm just thinking. I mean, I, I'm biased. I think Han's the best. Although, I think if someone's going to give him a run for the money, it's going to be our boy Poe Dameron. Because, damn, I can't. To this day, one of my favorite fucking parts of that movie is when Poe Dameron swoops in and saves the day. I mean, I was going to say Anakin, but. Anakin is good. And look, I know I'm not saying um, that it's not. Um, that Luke's not a good pilot, but the only time we get to see him being a good pilot is in A New Hope. 
You know yeah. what I'm saying? He doesn't do much pilot. Well, I guess he, he flies and I, the I snow feel like speeder. he saves the day because he trusts his feelings in the force. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily... I mean, his piloting skills are an extension of that, but... Right. Um, I From, you know, I, like I said, I was going to say Anakin, but from this, the one scene I saw Poe Dameron, mm-hmm. you know, really makes him the most badass pilot I've ever seen. And as far as, you know... Han having the Force. I don't think it'll ever be specifically said that Han does have the Force, but, you know, George Lucas's thoughts, at least at one time, you know, old fella started changing his mind about stuff. It's fairly well known for that. But um, one of the things he originally said was that um, everybody had access to the Force. Jedi were just the ones that spent time focusing their abilities and communing and connecting with the force. So, you know, perhaps Han, if, if you go by that logic, then perhaps Han is accessing the force, but instead of doing it to be a fucking Jedi warrior or a Jedi Knight, he's doing it to be a badass pilot. You see what I'm saying? But yeah, I, to me it's Han and it's just because man, I love me some Han Solo. I mean, we know that the force is in every living thing. Like, it surrounds us and penetrates us, binds the galaxy together. Like, Indeed. You know, I feel like the force is everywhere and with everyone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I feel like the force is everywhere and with everyone, and depending on your sensitivity or your open-mindedness, you know, all depends on what you're able to glean from the will of the force. Right, Or right. to use its power. Right. Um. And like everything, it takes practice and repetition. So, um, and the thing he said about the uh, the Vader suit, man. You know, uh, there's a there's a documentary. I believe it's on the Revenge of the Sith DVD. I don't know if it's on the Blu-ray set, but they basically talk about making the Vader costume for Revenge of the Sith. And one of the costume designers is talking, and he's like, um, you know, we went back and made some things that weren't symmetrical in the original design. Symmetrical. And stuff like that. And I think that made a difference. It did. It had to have. And look. The helmet is different. You know what I tell the myself? The suit is different. The, the, the Vader suit is different every single time we've seen it. It's That's different true. in A New Hope. It's different in Empire. It's different in Jedi. Yeah. Not huge differences. But minor. The biggest change is probably in the original trilogy is probably in between A New Hope and Empire. Right. He gets shined up. <laughs> he gets shined up. The The lenses are black and they're not amber anymore. Right. Um. So I just always tell myself that like it's, he's, you know, he gets upgrades, he changes. So the suit he's wearing in Revenge of the Sith, to me, I just say that's the Mark I Vader armor. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I don't know that that's what they were going for. I think maybe they were trying to just say, you know, this is Vader. You know, he's in a suit. But that's how I'm going to explain it. Yeah. You know? Um. Plus, you know, it's it's twenty years later in A New Hope, so what's left of his body has to have changed physically. Right, right. He definitely gets a little stockier. Um, the interesting thing about that is, you know, we've been hearing all these rumors about Vader and Rogue One, and um, making Star Wars saw some pretty good proof about it. If you want to read more about it, you can on their website or listen to their podcast. Um, but it sounds like. Vader and Rogue One is going to look very A New Hope-esque, from what they say. Uh, They put together what they're calling the Vader Dream Team and got some of the 
the original costumers and sculptors in to do the costume and stuff. So that's exciting. And I, and it makes sense if that's going to be button up right against a new hope that we see, right. You know, closer to a new hope Vader. We got one other question, but someone actually sent this on, on, on Facebook. It's kind of a silly question, but I think it would be fun to talk about. I have an, as soon as I read this question, I had an immediate ab- answer. Who would win in a fight between Wicket, the Ewok, and Jar Jar? Wicket. Exactly. All day. The motherfucker would spear Jar Jar. Jar Jar would trip over his ear, and then <laughs> Wicket would just, like, finish him. His, yeah, just finish like, him with a spear. Yeah. Stab him right up old Main Street with a spear. You know what? They, they would be eating fucking. Yeah, dope. They'd be eating fucking Jar Jar kebabs at the Ewok village. And he asked, does it matter if uh, if they're on Indoor or on Naboo? I don't. I think you, indoor or Naboo. Think Ewok you, advantage. Clear you put all those day. Those motherfuckers under the sea and Wicket wins. Yeah. So I think that's the answer to that question. Yeah. You want to get into a little news? Yeah, let's do some of that news. So we're going to start off with a little video game news, something I know that's close to both of our hearts. Um, they had the EA, I guess it was their sort of investors call this week. Uh, they announced that Star Wars Battlefront has sold over 14 million units. That's good. It's good because you want strong sales if you want them to keep making these games. And uh, that's going to be motivation for them to keep working on these. They announced that Battlefront 2 is going to be coming out in 2017. So not this year, but next year. It makes sense because they're putting out that other battlefield game this fall right so you know it's probably going to be biannual this fall you know this year battlefield next year battlefront year after that battlefield so on and so forth they said they're gonna they're they're shooting for a game a year for the next three or four years or so right they announced that the game that amy henning and visceral are working on will be out in 2018 and that's a third-person adventure or action game or something like that. That's the writer from Uncharted. So it's yeah. probably going to be something similar to that. A lot of people have heard rumors that that's a young Han Solo game. And if it's coming out in 2018, that makes a lot of sense because that's when the Han Solo movie's coming out. Yeah. So I can see how that would line up. The um, Respawn game that we talked about last week, I believe they slated for 2019. So that's a good ways off. Um, but they did not announce a game for this year. Hmm. And I think there's one or two uh, things I'm thinking. Yeah. And I think we'll find out for sure at E3, which is next month. So it's not that far away. Um, but I think it could possibly be the Knights of the Old Republic remaster slash remake. You think they're going to do – we know they're going to do that? We, we heard – there was rumors about it yeah. a few months ago. And – those have sort of died down. Now, the reason I think that is because that's not developing a whole new game. That's remastering a game, which can go quite a bit faster than making a whole new game. And that would be a, a quick stop gap for them to have something for this year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That While makes... they're, they're bigger, more intense, more current gen, you know, built from the ground up games are being developed. That gives them something to put out this year. That makes the sense. Now, whether that's right or not, I don't know. It could also be that because, you know, they got the license and then immediately got to work and these things take time, that there's not going to be a new game this year, that they're just going to carry us through with Battlefront DLC, which will be kind of a bummer if that's the case, because I want a game a year. 
I'm excited for the Battlefront DLC that's coming and stuff, but I would rather just get a new game. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready for some other gaming experiences with Star Wars. Right. Um, I'd so, like to play something I feel like I've never <laughs> played before. Yeah. You know they added the... And you know uh, the Starfighter stuff was fresh. Like, that was something that was really cool, really balanced. Mm-hmm. Felt good. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how they evolve the EA version of Battlefront into Battlefront 2. But I'd like to see, you know, maybe more of like a Tony, Tom Clancy's Hawks kind of fighter, Fu- you know, starfighter kind of game. Yeah, fully devoted to that. Fully devoted mm-hmm. to flying ships and the missions and different ships. Yeah. And like, you know, having to, complete, having to complete component. whole missions. Right. And then being able to dogfight or whatever. It could also be that they're just considering Lego Star Wars the Star Wars game for this year. It's not developed by EA, so I don't think they would consider it that way. You know what I'm saying? It's being developed by the same people that do the, the Lego Star Wars games. Um, do you think... I, I imagine they'll do some giant sandbox... Well, I would think they would do a giant sandbox game, but they would have to pick an era, and they don't seem to like to do that nowadays. I think they will. I think we will get a giant sandbox game because, mainly because, yeah, Steve and I talk about this a good bit. Everything's going to that. You know Grand what I'm Theft saying? Auto Star Wars, you know, right? Like, or The Witcher Star the Wars, Witcher Star Wars, Assassin's you know? Creed Star Wars, right? You know, right. Um, you know, there's so many of those games out there that they could do it. Um, I, I think that those games do, are not something you turn around quick with any quality. So hopefully, you know, that's something that'll be a little bit down the road, but damn, I'm impatient and I wish we had it now. It'd be great. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for a really solid one-player experience, too. Uh, Maybe with, you know, optional multiplayer, but I really want a a game with a good story. Something as badass as the original Force Unleashed. I was going to mention, Force Unleashed 1 and 2 got added to backwards compatibility. Oh, wow. I picked them both up for five bucks. That's amazing. May the 4th, they were on sale. And and it's not like I'm going to dive into them um, super quickly, but it's nice to have them there when I want to go back and play them. That game had one of the best interactions with the Force that I have ever played. The lightsaber abilities, the attacks, the things you could pull off, the way you could move just about anything with the Force was really cool. You know, I... um, I uh, any crate, any person. Anything. It felt like a video game version of the Force, which is fine and perfect. Like I, I still say to this I'm day, I'm just saying, you know what? What other game where you have used the Force? No, oh, has I know. It felt? And the fact, the way that like you could pick people up and choose, like the sort of control of right using the Force grab and right. stuff. Great. Oh, I, I totally agree. It's just a lot of that stuff would seem out of place in a movie. Um. You know, and it would stray sort of that way in the TV show if you got real crazy with the force powers, you know. But who knows what we're going to see going forward? They could go that way. <clears throat> I just always think that you have to have something to build up to, and if you have a character with that much power, then they come become sort of like Neo in the Matrix Two and Three, and it's like sort of who gives a fuck. I mean, that's the way the games are. I mean, mm-hmm. but that's the way they have to be. To no, be it's a, perfectly fine for the games. God of War, almost. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's what it is. It's God of War, Star Wars. It is one hundred percent. Um, and then what else do we have in new? Oh, uh, not to pimp them again. It's, I'm swinging from a different pair of nuts this week. 
not Michael Giacchino. Um, it appears that, you know, um, what's his name that plays? Daniel Craig plays James Bond. He had that neat little Stormtrooper cameo in yeah. The Force Awakens. Well, it looks like Tom Hardy is going to have a similar sort of cameo in Episode Eight. Really? Yep. Not a huge role, but just a neat little cameo. Um, and Making Star Wars has some information on that if you guys want to check it out. They um, they have a pretty funny, interesting story about it, so I recommend checking that out if you want to see your I, next little... I saw the the um, the fat Sebastian Stan face oh. swap thing with the young Luke Skywalker. Right. And so, I'll be damned if he don't look like so a young that Luke is, Skywalker. Yeah, if our listeners don't know, Sebastian Stan, he's the guy that plays the Winter Soldier. Bucky. And yeah, Bucky in the Captain America movies. And someone took a picture of him and photoshopped it onto Mark Hamill's body from The Empire Strikes Back, and he looks like fucking Luke Skywalker. And the whole face is Sebastian Stan's face, but he has With Hamill's hair, hair and, and outfit. And outfit. And it's fucking perfect. It's on point. And that's a guy that you know, I mean, like, I can't really it's not that I don't remember his performances in those movies, but they didn't really stick out. And I don't know that I've seen him in anything but those Captain America movies. But he can pull those off well enough. Right. I'm saying, if you want to do a fucking Luke Skywalker movie in between 6 and 7, he might not be such a bad choice. No, he'd be the perfect choice. With as well as do you know how many movies you could do? Like, you yeah. could tell the story of Luke Skywalker between Jedi and... Oh awakens well it's interesting that you mentioned that so um at the end of this podcast i'm going to give you a little bloodline information we'll save it to the end in case anybody hasn't finished reading and they don't want it spoiled and stuff so (coughs) save it to then i've I've been tearing through that book and um there's some interesting luke stuff i want to tell you you know family stuff in general that's you know pretty interesting yeah um and uh yeah the uh you guys should check it out the it's pretty easy to find him and um all i had to search was sebastian stan in star wars yeah came right up looks just like him it's fucking crazy it's creepy how much it looks just like i him. know and mark hamill has even um acknowledged it on his twitter and stuff and he calls him his son yeah and stuff like that so um yeah man even if I I think the reaction between the two of them over it was really kind. And it's also, I think, sort of what helped spark it so much, was that they were both sort of into it and thought it was funny. So gracious and kind and humorous about it. Yeah. But that's, I mean, I think that's really about it for Star Wars news um, this week. You know, uh, did I mention on May the 4th that ryan johnson put out a tweet or something saying they were halfway done with shooting no i yeah. well you may have but i didn't i don't remember that yeah so that's crazy to think that's they're crazy. already halfway done man and it's exciting yeah and then i believe they're starting to shoot the han solo movie next january so man they're just they're in it they're in it they're to pumping it. these it's things the machine out man. now the it's machine made it into going. the disney machine it sure has do you think we'll ever get to the point oh excuse me where we see a couple star wars movies a year Per, maybe. Depending on how well these do. I could see where it, it might get to that point. Because, um, you know, they do two. Like two, maybe. Have they ever done three Marvel movies in a year? I don't think they have. I think it's just two. But the problem is going to be that they're not going to want Marvel movies to have to compete against Star Wars movies. So they may just stick to the one Star Wars movie a year. 
I'm just greedy. They could do one every month, and I would be there, man. You would. If the fan base is strong enough, they'll turn out. Yeah, I mean, it's true. So do you want to get into a little bloodline discussion before we wrap this up? Yeah, let's do so that. So anybody that hasn't read it or doesn't want to hear me talking about it uh, and wants to save this until you finish the episode, this is where we'll start, and this will be the last thing before the end of the show. So uh, thanks for listening. If you're going to tune out, we appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you next week. So do you know much about the um, general premise of I, Bloodline? I don't. Okay, Bloodline takes place six years before The Force Awakens. Okay. And it's all based around Leia. All right. So it's very important to keep in mind six years before The Force Awakens. Right. Uh, so Ray is like 10, Kylo's like 20. No. Ray, right now at this point, Kylo's probably 24, 25. Okay. I believe um, Pablo Hidalgo said Kylo was born shortly after the within a year of the end of the battle of endor so pretty quickly so that would make him about 30 30 31 um ray i believe she's supposed to be like 19 or 20 in the force awakens so she's 14 13 yeah um and she's so that means she's probably been on jaku for six years or so right six to seven years um if she was dropped off there when she was like six, which it looks like she's like five or six. Um, Han and Leia are still together. Han is a racer. So Han and Leia are still together up to six years before The Force mm-hmm. Awakens. Another important piece of detail is Luke and Kylo are still, or Ben, she refers to him as Ben through the whole book, um, are off training together. Everything's going well with the new Jedi. She hasn't heard from Luke and been in a long time it sounds to me like you know in um shattered empire we saw that last little comic book where luke was off looking for that jedi tree you remember that yep um he takes poe dameron's mom on the mission with him it, it, they make it sound like since then luke has been sort of traveling the galaxy wow um looking for jedi lore trying to probably find force sensitive People, we know he started a new order of Jedi, you know. Yeah. So, um, but there's no reference to any of that in after in Bloodlines. I don't know that she. Nin- I mean, she mentions that she hasn't talked to Luke or Ben in a long time because they're off somewhere crazy. She got a video message from Luke, but couldn't really understand it because it was all broken up and staticky and stuff because of radiation interference or something. They say mm, right. Um. So that means, like, for some reason, I guess I had always assumed and the way I based my theories that Kylo betrayed the Order, you know, well before The Force Awakens. The Order? The Republic? <coughs> no, the, the Jedi, Jedi Order. Order. Yeah. For the, okay. You know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, that's what I always sort of figured listening to the, or, you know, watching the movie and stuff. But it looks like it was five, maybe six. Maybe it happens right after this book, you know, six to five years before right um that means uh, ray was not part of that jedi order like i had always sort of theorized and other people had too um this book definitely put some of my theories into question uh so like i was saying luke and han are still together not luke and han han and leia are still together um they don't live together because she's on uh hosnian prime doing her senator thing and uh 
Han owns a shipping company. And she says he's like a very detailed oriented boss, but he tries to hide it so he can seem like um, cool guy Han Solo. Um, and he races. He's a professional racer. And he also mentors other racers and pilots and stuff. And she even references that she thinks he's doing that because it's stuff he never got to do with Ben. Oh, wow. Um, so it seems like Ben has been with Luke for quite a while. And throughout the book, Leia sort of flashes back to certain things, killing Jabba the Hutt and things like that. And, um, you know, you sort of see some things that have happened throughout the original trilogy from just her perspective. And she also goes back to times with with uh, Ben and Han, like right after he was born and like raising him and stuff and how good of a dad Han was. Um they make a, a funny reference to them fucking. Oh, yeah. Like, Leia's thinking about how they went on this trip, and it was like a three-month trip, and they fought all the time. But uh, in between fighting, they found plenty of time to do other things, and those other things resulted in Ben being born. I see. So she's like, yeah, me and Han used to fuck. Right. Fuck hard. Fight hard, and then. <clears throat> yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those relationships. You scruffy-looking nerf herder. Oh, I told you not to call me that. Let's fuck. Um, precisely. Precisely. Um, and so it, you know what it actually does is it does a good job of sort of detailing what's going on. We got n- basically no politics in The Force Awakens, which I think is a direct result of people's reaction to the political stuff in the prequels. Which is unfortunate because it was one of the better parts of the original trilogy. Right. There's a way to do it and not the political get heavy-handed. scene where Darth Vader, you know, chokes out that motherfucker. Um, but so basically what happens is, um, you know, the Republic does pretty good for a while. But then it starts fucking problems start cropping up and two factions sort of rise up. There's centrists and there's populists. The centrists want a strong chancellor and a heavy military force and they want to basically use that to control and dictate what's going on with the other gal- uh, systems that are part of the new republic not everything is there's systems like i believe ryloth which is um sort of a big place in the clone wars cartoon and in a couple of the books i think it's not part of the republic it's where um fucking Twi'leks come from um Hera her dad is the you know Hera from Rebels her right. dad is the leader of like a a resistance force on Ryloth during the time of the empire but anyway <clears throat> um and then the populists want each system to have its own government and you know the the overlying new republic is there to help and assist and that so Leia is on that side, and then basically the beginnings of the First Order are on the other side. So you get to see a lot of how the First Order sort of sprung up. So far, I'm listening to the audiobook version, uh, and which I've never done before. I've never listened to an audiobook. Right. And just because I don't have time to sit down and read right now, but I really wanted to, to get to this book, I bought the audiobook. And, man, it's great. I, like, I'm sold on them, man. The lady they have doing the reading is really good. Damn. Um, Sound and, like Leia? 
you know, she sounds like a mix. She does. I mean, she does voices for every character. Guys, C three PO. I see. You know what I'm saying? Like she's the the sole narrator. Um, she does do a good Leia. It's uh, never have I been sitting there going like, damn, that's Carrie Fisher. They got Carrie Fisher. But she the sort of the phrasing and the cadence of how she talks and she gets there. It sounds like somewhere in between Leia in the original trilogy and the Force Awakens Leia. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um. Ben doesn't know that Darth Vader is his grandfather. Oh, my God. She hasn't told him yet. He's 25 at this 24, point? 24, 25, off training with Luke. The only people, she mentions the only people that know are Luke and Han, and she's not sure if Han told Chewie. She's been keeping it a secret. So, basically, the big oh shit moment in this book is that it gets revealed to everybody that vader is her father how does that happen they find a recording that bail organa recorded for leia telling her that she i don't know if she knew existed or she found it after the battle of endor sometime but they mention it like he's he's like look your dad's darth vader blah 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 i you know basically tells her so she knows in case something happens to him right and they play that video for the Senate. Oh, wow. So everybody finds out. So you got to figure that, like, that's probably how Kylo finds out. And maybe finding that out and feeling like his parents kept that from him is part of what drives him to the dark side. You know? She's afraid that he's not going to take it well. And they, you know, they sent him off for Jedi training and they sort of imply that he was a difficult kid and stuff. So. I think maybe they're afraid like that might influence his, you know, standing in the force. He seems to crave power. Oh, yeah. And the dark side is the easier path for power. But it sounds to me like, I don't know. So with the whole Jedi Order stuff, it's not it's not super easy to comprehend because they don't give you a whole lot of information. Clearly, they're holding stuff. Um, it's it's interesting that Ryan Johnson, the guy directing that wrote and directed episode eight, had input on this book. So he's setting some things up. He's setting the stage, I think, in some of these things. I'm for, sure lots of things that had to do with Ben. Ben, <clears throat> yeah, and and there's an assassination attempt on Leia at one point, and I, I think that was his idea, or, or he set that up, um, and maybe even the whole centrist and populist thing, the two factions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you know it's interesting because maybe that's how like the political climate we're going to jump in on episode eight is like okay we know the first order is fucked up but still within the republic maybe the republic's going to be on the resistance side but now maybe they're going to be a little closer to in the middle of those two factions you see what i'm saying we're like yeah, we need a military force because now we got to fight the fucking first order, mm-hmm. and you know, but we still want it to be this democracy or whatever, whatever it is they're going with for the new republic. You know what I'm saying? They mentioned that Mon Mothma was a really good chancellor. She's who got elected as chancellor of the new republic because she was so charismatic and everybody liked her that she could get things done. But since she retired, um, it hasn't been as great because none of the other chancellors can get anything done. 
it basically it sort it sounds like sort of where it's gotten to where it was the where the republic was in the prequels where it was just endless debates and everything was getting mired down and politics and right. stuff it sounds like there's a lot of that going on damn it, clearly they're definitely trying to convey sort of a real world politics like it sound a lot of it sounds like stuff that's going on now in our real world you know yeah. what i'm saying um, but it makes it seem like the Jedi Order moves. Like they don't have a centralized location. That is, if if Luke is taking them all with him every time he goes somewhere new looking for something. They may be tribe-like. They, they might be. Or maybe it's just Luke and Ben off and there's other teachers and stuff. We don't know enough about Luke's yeah. Jedi Order to know what it is. We know there was enough for uh, Kylo to kill all of them, you yeah. know? So that at least implies that there's some other Jedi there. I'm assuming that's who we all saw dead. Me too. Me too. But now this book has put so many questions in my head, I don't want to nail anything down as my theory. Right. Because my theory was that, you know, you know, I had the whole theory that, not that this is original, but Kylo wiped out the Jedi Order, couldn't kill Rey because she was a kid or because it was his cousin. So he wiped her mind or something or... Not even, didn't even do that. Just dropped her off on Jakku. You know? That was one of my theories. A lot of people had that theory. Don't think that's the case. I, I'm i even wondering if the Knights of Ren are fallen members of the Jedi Academy, the new Jedi Academy. That, you know, he... The one thing that makes mutinied. me sort of question that is the fact that when we see that one very untu- far too brief shot of the Knights of Ren in The Force Awakens, he's the only one that seems like he has a lightsaber. That's true. You know? Um, there's, you know, there's other, there's a guy with like a big like buster sword looking thing. There's blasters and stuff. But none of them, other, other ones have lightsabers. So You're right. I don't know. You're right. Um, I have not heard Snoke mentioned yet, I don't believe. So, you know, there's a lot of pieces still out there. That clearly, this book wasn't going to give everything away, you know. But it's solid. It's a good book. Um, you think we'll get the some Snoke explanation in the main trilogy? That's a good question. Because you don't get a lot of Emperor explanation. That's what I was about to say. In the original trilogy, if you really think about it, you don't know shit about the Emperor. You don't know shit about the Emperor. And the most you see him is in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And that's and really when just you, an Emperor. And that's really when you learn you all. You get no you know, backstory, though. None. None. Um, and I don't even know how I learned he was from Coruscant. I learned a lot of Star stuff War- after Star Wars lore from like the trading guard, trading card game, the Star Wars, the CCG, yeah, uh, Decipher made that game, and then I learned a lot from that. You yeah, know, that- the the little text up at the top would have like a, and the, and there's weird shit in there that like who knows if it's it's probably not it's not most canon of, anymore. But I there assume. was like the one that said that the the CPU and C three PO was over two hundred years old and right. shit like that like his brain module or whatever. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of weird shit in those that who knows if they're... But I, I counted that shit as biblical fact when I was a I kid. Mean, at the very least, it, it let me know that Coruscant was, you know, the center of galactic power, and that's right. where and the that, Emperor that resided. Showed up in, he you had know, a palace there. And, that showed up in the Dark Empire comics and in the, you know, the canon novel, or not the, the EU novels. I, the and the only novels and I ever read were the... I guess the 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 scion the, the triclops 
It's fucking tail. Oh. I don't even remember what those. Terrible were. glove of Darth Vader yeah. and all that shit. Terrible. Uh, this is those are the only Star Wars books I read. Um, this one's really good. It's probably, if not my favorite book of the new canon stuff, it's somewhere up there because I really liked um, Dark Disciple, the Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Voss book, mm-hmm. and uh, I really liked Lords of the Sith, man, the Vader book. Um, but this one, it felt meatier than say the Aftermath book. And it felt like more of this should have been, um, you know, the first book they released in between Jedi and and The Force Awakens. I can see why they didn't because they wouldn't want to f- spoil the whole Ben Solo thing. Because the whole movie, like if you read that book and you knew they had a kid, you'd be like, well, where the fuck is their kid? Oh, their kid must be Kylo. Especially as soon as Laura Santeca says that line, you cannot forget your family, or you, you know, where you came from. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like immediately you'd be like, "Oh, that's Ben Solo." Um, but yeah, Han makes a little bit of an appearance. Chewie and Han are not together. Chewie's living on Kashyyyk. He's sort of retired. So when Han decides to go back, because Han's like a legitimate businessman and a and a race car instructor, basically. When he decides to go back to smuggling, that's when Chewie's like, "Oh fuck yeah, we're gonna do some illegal shit, my dude." Back in a saddle again. <laughs> Oh, shit. Does he have the Millennium Falcon? I haven't heard a reference. That's one thing I've been wondering the whole time. I just want to know if it's been stolen yet or not. And who Duquesne stole it? Right. And the, then Irving, the Irving Boys. The Irving Boys stole it from Duquesne, and, and Uncor Plot stole, stole it, it from, from the, the Irving Boys. Boys. Yep. And Ray then stole it from him. So you got to figure. That's a lot of hand. Oh, so she says the ship hasn't flown in years. Uncar Plot's just been letting it collect dust. So, yeah, it's just been sitting there. So the ship hasn't flown in years, and it's gone through three changes of hands. That's an awful lot of changes of hands, and it has to sit and not fly for years on Jakku. So it's probably, he's probably he's lost probably the lost it a little while back. There's a new book coming out called um, Life Debt, which appear- it's like the sequel to Aftermath, and it apparently has some Chewie and Han stuff in it. So I wonder if maybe we'll see the... Um, the ship gets stolen there. I wonder. And if that's the case, that's, you know, not too far after Endor. I hope, but you know what? I, I will say one thing that this book made me really happy about, because it, it does sort of bum me out that, you know, these heroes, my favorite heroes of all time, like, it's so tragic in The Force Awakens. Like, Han and Leia are split up. Han doesn't have the Falcon. Luke's missing. Han and Leia's kid went to the dark side and destroyed the Jedi Order. Like The fuck. galaxy feels like it's on the brink of destruction. I mean, it is. But, you know, it's just I want these characters to be happy. And that's one thing they do sort of paint a picture of is that there were, were times of happiness after Endor. Okay. You know? And that's also sort of the problem I had with the old EU is that, like, they never got a break. They're, the entire timeline from Jedi to where they ended off um, was filled with conflict for those characters. The kids got would get kidnapped, kids died, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Nothing good ever happened to them. They always got roped back into some war. So this at least makes it seem like they had some downtime. Luke, you know, Leia is at, in the book considering retiring from being a senator just to go because she wants to go hang out with Han and have adventures together. And that makes me really fucking sad because they don't get to do that. Yep. Like, really sad. At some point shortly thereafter the book, you know, Ben betrays. So 
I kind of wondered if maybe Ben has already portrayed the Jedi Order at this point, and they just haven't gotten word, because it was on some remote planet, you know what I'm saying? Right. So maybe he has, and she does mention not being able to uh, get that message from Luke that's scrambled and stuff. So maybe he already has, but it's just been sort of recently. But I also get the feeling that he hasn't. So I can go sort of both ways on it, if you see what I'm mm-hmm. saying. So, yeah, shortly after this book, it all goes to shit. And then she gets to see Han again, but he goes off and gets killed. It's fucking sad. Trying to save his son. Yeah. It's beautiful, man. But it's Do you think sad. Han knew that he was going to run him through? Do you think Han knew what he was no. talking about when he was like, there's something I, I got to do, but I don't know if I've got the I think old Han Solo, a new hope Han Solo, wouldn't have gotten close enough to give him the chance. Right. But I think... That's his son. It's his son. He you know what I'm saying? Him. And he's going to... Like, he, you know, throughout the movie, he says it's too late for him. Yeah. He's got too much Vader in him, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Like, and then, and and then, then Leia then, tells him to bring him home. Well, I think no matter what, like, Han wants... Duh. He's yeah, his, no, his son. He wants too. to... Uh, believe the best or think the best of a son so i think it surprised him i think the look on his face when he gets stabbed through is a look of oh shit fuck you're evil i can't save you that's fucking oh it's brutal um real quickly so you know we talk about all the time how um han can't be or we don't think Kylo can be redeemed mm-hmm. because of the whole Han Solo incident. Right. Johnny, I think he took a little shot at us after we were talking about that last week because he, he posted this thing on his Twitter that was like, for everybody that doesn't think Kylo can be redeemed, think about this, and it's just a picture of all the dead younglings. You know what I'm saying? Right. And he's saying, like, look, uh, Darth Vader killed a bunch of kids. Okay. That is true. He I'll give you that. killed the entire Jedi Temple. Point Johnny Grasso. But my point is, is yes, I'm not saying that's not horrible. It's not a horrible thing for somebody to do. And he does end up being redeemed. I'm not saying that it's not. But we didn't know those kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, those weren't characters that they built up. You don't know their names. You know what I'm saying? I don't I mean, I'm sure they have names. I'm I know sure they I can do. look at them. But I, you know what I'm saying? I have no, as a, a character in a story, mm-hmm. I have no attachment to those kids except to say wow that's really fucked up that's Anakin. fucked up that anakin would i love kids. han solo and i have since i was a kid like my daddy you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i think that's a difference i think that is i, I think you got to take that into account i mean the whole fan base is going to oh yeah i mean it's for sure um man why can't episode eight be out now i gotta know um but yeah i think that'll about do it for us this week, buddy. Thanks for coming and recording. Right on. Thanks for having me. I'd like to remind everybody that the band that does our theme song, the award-nominated theme song, um, Stone Cobra, they have a new album out called Armed Arm. and Hammered. That's right. And you can get that at a variety of places now. It's no more of this only going to band camp and getting it. You can. You can. Stonecobra.bandcamp.com that's what you want to do or you know what you can stream that motherfucker on spotify now it's on spotify or if you're feeling real squirrely why don't you just go on over to itunes and buy the album that's right you can buy armed and hammered for 4.95 on itunes right now that's a deal tell them blue harvest sent you 
Um, yeah. So, you have anything you want to add? All right, buddy. I think we're good. I think we're good. Next week, 52 episodes. 52. That means if you're a listener and you want to, you could go back and listen to an episode one a week for a year. It's a year's worth of weekly content from your buddies at fucking Blue Harvest. We got your back. Thanks for listening. Rate and review us on iTunes. Hey, and by the way, that audio drama of Hawes's is coming, coming up real soon. soon. I'm telling you right now, I've been getting a little fucking um, uh, inspiration from listening to the audiobook of Bloodline. So good, good. I like how they do it. You need. It, it, I'm sure it'll need a, a, like a rough edit. Oh, yeah. yeah. A production kind of. <clears throat> well, all right then. For Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast, I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.